On today's show, Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks take down the Utah Jazz. This team continues to win games in many, many different ways. How many problems can Luka Doncic and this team solve? We'll break down that game and we'll talk about why Luka Doncic and Spencer Dinwiddie continues to impress and why they can take the Mavs far in the playoffs. We'll talk about that and more coming up on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavs I don't believe you shouldn't be here. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thanks for making Lockdown Mavs your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And joining me, as always, my co-host, writer, and contributor at Mavs.com. The Baguette Biombo, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? I just want to say right off the top, I'm so disappointed in the Mavs bench um, just for their harsh words. Uncalled for. for. Uncalled for what they did. For the Mavs bench. No place to, in the game. To talk like they did to Rudy Gobert. Like, who <laughs> who trash talks from the bench? Like, who does nobody that? Nobody does that. And just for them to hurt Rudy's feelings <laughs> and just, I, I'm just, I'm kind of just shocked right now. I'm, I'm so disappointed in the Mavs bench. <laughs> Dallas Mavericks get the win against the Utah Jazz, 111 to 103. Luka Doncic, man, this guy, we're going to talk about him and talk about how he just continues to solve more problems for the Dallas Mavericks. We're going to talk about uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, how he is uh, stepping up into this role, an incredible uh, stopgap or incredible like replacement player that the Mavericks, what do I, what do you call him? Addition? Addition, yeah. <laughs> stopgap, it's like he's going to leave soon. Um an incredible addition that the Mavericks... Like, it's just, not Ryan Fitzpatrick. That just fell into their lap, the Spencer Dinwiddie uh, acquisition that's been way better than I think even us who were really high on the trade, that even us were were not as high as, as what Spencer Dinwiddie has given them. Somebody uh, texted me today and said, a buddy of mine, and said, the Mavericks look like they pulled a rabbit out of a hat with this... With, with a goatee? <laughs> <laughs> with the Dinwiddie trade. of and Just because it went that well. Do you know who was high on the on the Dinwiddie trade and said the Mavs would be better after the trade? I don't know. You! Ooh. You said this. You said they would be better, and I kept pushing back saying, I don't know, I think the defense may suffer. And guess what? The Mavericks have been better since the trade, and I, I mean, we've almost pounded it into the dirt. If you've listened to this podcast daily, you know that we've pounded this into the dirt. The Mavs are playing really well right now, and we've talked about the implications of the trade and all that. We're not here to do that today. But Luka continues just to solve more problems. Luca in this game, uh, 35 points, 16 boards a season high. And early in the game, he was going to his mid-range. Uh, okay, well, if Rudy Gobert is going to switch on to you, and you can't really drive on Rudy Gobert. Give him, give him credit for what he's good at. He's good around the rim. And so you're like, all right, I'm just going to take the mid-range stuff. And Luca took the mid-range stuff, and he hit a bunch of shots. He hit one, two, three, four, five, six mid-range shots in this game. That's 12 of his 35 points. That is that is big for the Mavs for Luca to to solve that that problem like that and uh, it really worked in this one. Uh, Luca Luca loves the Rudy Gobert matchup. Okay, so he's not worried about this. Um, I mean, even in in the fourth quarter, there he does the step back three like right in his his mug and he that was he I think for a lot of Mavs fans, especially the ones in the building tonight, 
that was cathartic. Like that was just <laughs> everyone just needed that after that game. This game got real chippy. There was the halftime thing. We'll we'll talk about that. There's all kinds of weird stuff. Yeah. So I mean, we were hyping up this game because it had a lot on it. You know, every, every, any Mavs fan, any any of the pregame you know production stuff, everything is hyping up this game because there's not too many regular season games at this point that you're like, oh, this has a lot on the line. Like every every game from here on out, you're like, hey, you need this, you need this win to stay where you're at, maybe try to move up in the standings. But when you have a team directly above you in the standings that you could get the win and give them a loss, like that's huge. Now, just to get this out of the way, we clarified this before we hit record. The, the whole like season series thing really doesn't even matter at this point. It's not like, hey, you can win the fourth game and then it's a 2-2 two, two, you know, season. You tie it and then you, well, who's winning the tiebreaker? With the Jazz. Yeah, with the Jazz. Uh, Utah is going to win that tiebreaker because it goes to the winner. It, whoever, whatever team is the, you know, the winner of their division, uh, Utah ha- is going to finish above Denver and they have a pretty safe uh, lead on that division. So, and then you know Dallas is. Uh, it's a game and a half. You well, okay. I guess Denver. Right, like it. that's not the Mavs are only they're they're three and a half back from the the Grizzlies right now. That's that's more of a safe lead to me. I think. Yeah, so but, Dallas would have to pass Memphis, and then Denver would have to pass Utah. For but if that's happening, the then the Mavs are hopefully <laughs> hopefully pass the Jazz anyway. It wouldn't be tied with them. Yeah, so that's just for if they just a, a tiebreaker. If they finish with the exact yeah. same record at the end of the year, well, now they have now it's a you know if they can win that fourth game. So I mean, it's just the if game. Either way, it's still a massive matchup because you just handed Utah a loss, and now you're just a half game back from them. Like that's that's wild to think about where the Mavs are. That they're a half game back from the four seed. Let's just take one minute to think about when the Mavs were 16 and 18. They were 12th in the West, and it was just looking like everything was bad and nothing was gonna go- nothing good was ever gonna happen ever again. And now the Mavs are where they are, you know what? 15 games over 500. Yeah, I think uh, Mark Falwell said tonight that that's the first time they've been 15 games over 500 since 2016, 2018. Man, uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been a while. They have a better record so far than they did last it's been year. A while. It's it has been a while for the Mavs, but. Uh, Luca, I, I thought in this game, he took it to the, took it to him early. He was like, I'm going to, I'm going to set the tone early in this game. Like this he, is a playoff game. He approached it like a playoff game. 100%. 16 points of first quarter is like, all right, now we know what you're doing. And he did it on both ends. He played defense really hard tonight. I thought in this game, he finished with what? Three steals and a block. And he mentioned after the game, he said, that's the biggest the biggest area of improvement for me has been defense. So the biggest area of focus or something like that, he said after the game, is, is on the defensive end. You just can't take advantage of Luka, right? Like Donovan Mitchell can't just, you know, square up Luka and cross him over and hit shots over, you know, hit shots over him and that. Like you just can't do that against Luka. You can't attack him in that way, which is what has made the Mavs defense so good. Like they don't have a weakness if you have players like that. Uh, you put out Luca, Dinwiddie, Dorian, Reggie Bullock, and then Maxi, and the weakness is like, okay, get to the rim, and then at the rim, you know, you have to try and figure it out there. But uh, you can't, you can't just hunt somebody in that lineup because they're all yeah. between six six and six ten. That's a crazy lineup right there, and they're all switchable. Even Dwight, I thought played good defense. I mean, Quinn Snyder shouted him out after the game, and you mentioned him specifically, saying, "Hey, I, I thought Dwight Powell played good defense, you know, on switches and." onto our smaller guys. So, I mean, when you can do that, I mean, that's one of the only things about Brunson 
that is you know not the biggest positive in the world for him is is if he's on the floor he's going to be the target no matter like in a playoff series whoever it is they they're going to yeah. target him so tonight it's like who who are you going to really target like Dwight I guess but even I mean he's switching off so that was a, a luxury for the Mavs tonight. And the Mavs defense is is so locked in and so together that they're rotating enough to where if somebody does get switched, you can throw a double real quick and they can, you know, recover back to your man because everybody's just locked into their spot. You don't have somebody you don't have somebody James Hardening back behind you trying to, you know, yeah. just looking off into space. Uh, and I think I think the defense is what really kept them in this game. I mean, the you look at some of the the runs and the swings and stuff, the Mavs got to a 20-point lead and they kept the lead the whole rest of the game. It started to Get a little dicey there towards the end. It never became a clutch game, though, which is positive. And the Mavs held that lead, and I think it was because of their defense. I almost wish it did become a clutch game, so then we can improve our clutch record <laughs> even more. <laughs> uh, but, no, but no, I mean, Luca was just in his bag. You know, they put him in there in the fourth. They, they started to play around with it in the fourth, where I'm like, are they really going to like blow this lead and let Utah get back into this game? I thought Mitchell late in the game was great playmaking and hitting the guys in the corners. I mean, he was getting to the rim and then kicking it out. Uh, we'll talk more about Dorian probably later on the pod about his mm. defense on Mitchell. Of uh, I, Shout out to Tim McMahon. Just, just taking on the full, hey, I'm going to make the push for Dorian Finney-Smith to be on an all-defensive team. I mean, he pointed out uh, Dorian's defense about Sabonis the other day on Twitter. Even tonight, classic tweets like, after, you know, keeping Sabonis to zero points in the four, <laughs> Dorian Finney-Smith guards Donovan Mitchell tonight. It's like, man, I love you, Tim. Keep on being the spokesperson for Dorian to be an all-defensive team. He, I mean, he's Dorian Finney-Smith's playing the best basketball of his career right now. And, I mean, he hit four threes tonight, 40%. He's at over, four, over 50% from three over his last, gosh, I want to say eight games, seven games. Um incredible basketball from him right now. Mavs role players are really stepping up and it, it, you know, Luka Doncic is leading the way, but the role players are stepping in and playing their part and everything is working right now on all cylinders. So coming up, let's get into a couple more things about Luka. And then let's talk about those role players. Let's talk about how Spencer Dinwiddie has made such a big impact so far. So early, how he's fit so well. And Dorian Finney Smith will get into his game. An incredible, incredible game for him. How important is he going into the playoffs and what does he allow the Mavs to do? We'll talk about that. Coming up, but before we do, let me tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online is uh, the fastest way to uh, check out the latest odds, totals, player performance, and props, all that stuff. Check it out on Bet Online. You can even see the odds for games in the future. Ooh, March Madness coming up. March Madness. You're going to want to check out Bet Online for all the March Madness stuff. Uh, there's so many college basketball games all the time how do you keep track of who is the favorite who you know vegas thinks is going to be the one to win that matchup go check it out so go check out the spread and then see how you should uh make your brackets go go see that um all kinds of different games apparently fresno is a 12 and a half point favorite over san jose state oh man that's a that's an upset wow. upset that's a big special number. that's a big number upset special right there uh my basketball my college basketball knowledge is really coming out here uh as i scroll through these none of the teams stuck stick out to me <laughs> so, oh, give me another one i'll tell you what to, i'll tell oh, you what to pick pittsburgh two point underdog at two home points? against against boston college give me that all day every day i, I mean if you're feeling if you're feeling that one that is a 1 p.m that's a 1 p.m game on tuesday if you want to check out some college basketball bet online has it all for you head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions it's bet online where the game starts 
All right, Isaac Harris. So we've been talking about Luca and how he's solving problems, how he's just been, he took this matchup very seriously. There's a couple of crazy things that happened in this game. At the end of the first half, Luka Doncic drives in, gets a foul, and the ball you know falls into Rudy Gobert's hands. And then Rudy Gobert throws it back to Luka and kind of just tosses it. He didn't like chuck it at his head or anything like that. I'll give him a little, little credit. He just tossed it to Luka. But then obviously he said something. He said something to Luka. And Luka spins around, looks at him, and gets all mad and starts, starts yelling at him. And Spencer Dinwiddie does the hold me back, like the Jalen Rose, hold me back. And he holds him back. And Spencer Dinwiddie holds him back all the way back into the locker room, like all the way into the tunnel and all the way back through the tunnel and probably around the arena and back into the locker room. Uh, he holds him back. And that I feel like that was the crescendo of the, or at least the, the rising action of Luka versus Gobert tonight. And then Luka hit him with, the three-pointer in the fourth quarter, and that was sort of like the the you know the nail in the coffin. Yeah, and we had the the flop. Um, <laughs> Who the flop? But, End of the third quarter. Luka Doncic is standing behind Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert, like his leg, kind of kicks back a little bit and hits Luka, and then Luka, yeah. I mean the 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 door to door you know kitchen knife set salesman that he is. Just like Source, so- sources tell me that. <laughs> The Mavs so. Academy might be uh, <laughs> nominating this. The Oscars are coming, but the Mavs Academy Awards is what Luca's going for right now. Uh, man, insane! insane. Uh, that, I will that say, flop. I will say, Rudy Gobert definitely made contact on perf on like uh, on purpose with him. Like it wasn't. It a, was contact. Yeah, there was contact, yes. but it wasn't enough for Luca to fall down and flail like no. he did. No, it, no, Luca definitely tried to sell it. He wanted to get the second tech on Rudy, yeah. and now. I'll push back a little bit on the what Rudy did at the end of the half, like tossing the ball some to back to, back to somebody, no matter if it's like a rocket or not. Like that's a little disrespectful. Like, okay, you're gonna toss the ball. Like Luca missed the shot. Rudy's gonna get the ball and then toss it back to Luca. It's just kind of like get out of here. Like so, I was all for that. I'm like go see, go see, after him. I was okay with that. I, and Luca, it seemed like he was okay too. He just kind of caught the ball and was looking at the ref and calling for a. You know, he was whatever Rudy said to him was was obviously something that that irked Luca. I I just with with Rudy, he's such a polarizing player. No, he's not know, among fans. Among fans, no, I he's think, not polarizing. Cause everyone I knows how they polar. feel about him, right? Like, there's no other polls. There's no there Utah are Jazz some other fans. Polls. Andy Who? Bailey, Andy Bailey loves this guy. It's a Utah Jazz fan. <laughs> Is Andy Bailey not a Utah Jazz fan? I, I John Hollinger. I mean, he's not a jazz fan, and this dude puts him like number two on his MVP ballot. That's like, fine. Three years that, that's life. different. That's, that's I feel not- like there are some Rudy Gobert like I think there's a difference between fans and players. I just I tweeted this out during the game. Like he has to be the player with the lowest approval rating among other players, right? I mean, like, LeBron doesn't u- even use him in 2K when he plays. <laughs> <laughs> like they don't want to draft him in the all-star draft. He's the punching bag for Draymond Green. I mean, Draymond hates this guy. Don't and put like him you, in the same sentence as Draymond Green. But like you never hear players like kind of just totally disrespect guys like that and like don't give a crap. And then you see how Luca feels about him tonight. Like, I mean, Donovan Mitchell doesn't even like him. Let <laughs> me tell you, I, I was I was close to the the jazz, you know, the close to the jazz bench. Uh and I, I didn't see a lot of people coming to Rudy Gobert's like defense, coming to like talk to him or like pat him on the butt or you know, do anything like that. Um it's pretty icy in that that 
that huddle, at least from what I could see. Maybe, it, you know, they, they are at the end of, like, this five games and eight eight days yeah. stretch, you know, long road trip for them. I think I was talking to, to you know, David Locke, host of Locked on Jazz, and he was like, yeah, I haven't seen my wife in, like, a week and a half or something like that because they've been on this long road trip. But, um, but, but, it's but, like- but, but the, the point still stands that Rudy Gobert is not a well-liked player at all, right? Uh, yeah. After the game, when when guys are all you know hugging and dapping up and just you know talking to each other, Rudy Gobert starts walking across the court. He walks through the entire all the Mavs, and the only daps he gets are from Brunson, who is just kind of like a oh we accidentally made eye contact. <laughs> let me just give you let me just give you a five. And then uh, Boban gave him the full hug from Boban because Boban of loves course, Boban, Boban loves everyone. But it, it's like when there's difference to stuff on the court. And then when you open your mouth and say stuff too, and it's like, all right, dude, like I want to try to give him the benefit of the doubt as a fan of like, all right, I players obviously don't like you, but I'm like, have, do I have a big reason to like, not like you? Right. It, and then after the game, he's complaining about the, I mean, that breaking news, the first of the pod was all sarcasm from me. But like he's, he's complaining about the Mavs bench, like talking to him during the game. And it's like, Really, Lily? Really, bro? Like you really gonna complain about no matter what they said to you, you're you're gonna bring that up to the media that the opposing team's bench was talking to you and that how some of it was inappropriate. I'm like, wow, we've never heard anything inappropriate said <laughs> on the basketball court before. And he's like contemplating. He's like, yeah, do I take up for myself or do I, you know, stay on? The-? It's like. Okay. Like, listen, man, Theo Pinson's just yelling at you, okay? It's a, it's fine. <laughs> Theo Pinson, Moses Wright, Marquise Chris, like, I was Sam Hardaway who was Jr. It? Who's yelling at him? Oh, I, I was I was sitting there. I had my binoculars out, and I was look, I was looking at it, and it was Pinson. It was Tim Hardaway Jr. It was Chris. And they Tim's were, my guess. You know, they're, oh, yeah. And they were just all yelling at him from the bench, right? Just, like, saying stuff. And Rudy Gobert turned around and, like, looked at the bench and was like, oh, yeah, come on. Come on. Come out here. He was like, come out here. I think, think that's what I could read if my lip reading is up to is up to 100%. Uh, but. Underrated option, Jared Dudley. Oh, that'd be the best. That would be my favorite. <laughs> that'd be the best option. <laughs> I could take you then, and I could take you now. Jared Dudley. Um, but let me tell you, Dwight Powell and... Maxi Kleba, I think when they they wake up in the morning and they know the Jazz game is that night, I think they go oh, f like because <laughs> Rudy Gobert is big and he throws those guys around. I mean, those guys just fall to the floor and get hit and get you know. There's all kinds of just contact when the when the refs aren't looking and there's all kinds of. It's very physical to play against Rudy Gobert. I think they just like would hate it. I feel like they would just hate it every time they have to play him. Is Josh Green a better center? Than Dwight Powell, uh, he's doing well. My son's doing well. <laughs> it, that's my, that's my semi hot take. Of is Josh Green a better five than Dwight? I mean, not as a five, but if you're saying play Josh Green as a you know five guy, he he can drive the drives and kicks from Josh Green were incredible in this game. The drives and kicks, his energy, I swear he rebounds just as good as Dwight. Like what? I, Dwight, I had, this- Dwight had four rebounds in 22 and a half, 21 and a half minutes. And green had three rebounds in 18 minutes. So. I wrote this down about Josh green. I'm like, I don't know what he is, but he's fun. And I just, I don't know what his comp, like some people have thrown out Andre Iguodala. Yes. Like it, Iguodala was more advanced at this stage when, when he was in Philly back in, in early days, like Iguodala is like, 
I mean, look at some of like scoring numbers back in, back in the early days for him. Like he could get buckets. Like Josh Green's not getting buckets. He's more of Iguodala was playing thirty seven minutes a game his second year. And, yes, and, and scoring twelve points a game. So, you think they're the same player? I think that if you're going to try to compare the style of player that Josh Green is, I think it's Iguodala. I don't think he's the same level of player. Like, is he going to make yeah. an All Star team one year? Is he going to be a, a, I was going to say a, I think a weird Finals MVP? Like, no, I don't think so. But I think the style of player where it's guy that can't really shoot but can get to the rim because he's really athletic and stay in front of you on defense. You know, he's about six five or so. Um, you know, pretty good passer. Iguodala's always had really good passing numbers. Um, he's he's like that type of player, style of player. Is he that level? Yeah. No, probably not. But yeah, but I he's been it, good, right? Like to your point about is he better than yeah. Dwight? Like he has been a positive for this Mavs team, and he played 18 minutes in this game that felt like a playoff game. Oh, he had some big play. He had that play where he just ripped Gobert. You know, came down the floor, went up underneath the goal, kicked it to Bertans in the corner. Bertans hits it. And it's like what what a you know back to back plays by him. That was a two from Bertans, by the way. I did not think that that was a two. Oh, that's but. dumb. Um, but yeah, I just don't, I don't know what his comp is like that. I'm not fully there with the Iguodala stuff. I like Iguodala's just, yeah, I, I like some other things where Iguodala's at, but I don't know. I just don't, uh, he's hard to pinpoint. I feel like there's a lot of players in the league. It's like, Oh, I know who you are. I know the style you are. I know a guy that's like kind of in the similar group as you. And for Josh, it's like, dude, you're so athletic. You really struggle with your outside shot. You are a really good passer, but you're not gonna break something off the dribble. But like you, I I don't think he's that great of a defender. But he's just he's just gonna like be energetic, and it's such a weird thing. But it's working, and that's my, that's my whole point about it. It's like I don't know what it is, but it's working, and that he'll like he's like the adrenaline shot. It's like hey, just like stab yourself, inject it, and it's like all right, go for you know 10, 10 minutes there in a game and. I mean, we were, we were talking about how this team in the 2011 team, like they have some similar, like you can compare a couple of things. And the one that I felt really strongly about, first of all, is that Boban is, is Brian Cardinal. Boban is is the custodian, right? Like, (laughs) and then the second one is that Josh Green is Corey Brewer. Remember Corey Brewer just like (laughs) run around and he would be that energy type guy. So I think that like, yeah, he, he is that that type of guy that, you know, he's the energy shot in the arm and fast, right? He's going to, he's going to play fast and, that's uh, something the Mavs need. Like, how many fast breaks did Josh Green get on in this game? Three or four. Gosh, I don't know. doesn't happen to the Mavs very often. Coming I'm so up, intrigued with what he is next year. I've thought about that more than what I should. I can tell you just like, brought it up like out of nowhere. <laughs> I just don't I don't know what he is, and I'm, I'm so confused. Coming up, let's talk about Spencer Dinwiddie, why he's so important to the Mavericks, and why it's just been incredible to have him, and then a couple more things. And I don't know. is Are you and I making – we're making a purchase in like a couple months here. Luka Doncic's signature shoes coming out. We'll talk about that and oh. more coming up on today's Locker Maps. It's like summer league. All right, Isaac Harris. Let's get into this game. Let's keep talking about uh, a couple of things. There's just so much, so many random things. So this is going to be our game note section. Spencer Dinwiddie, 23 points, three boards, only two assists in this one. Seven of 15 from the field. Five of nine from three. Five of nine. And man. He had 23, Dorian had 21, but man, if Dinwiddie's points just didn't all feel really big, right? They all just felt like 
We need a bucket right now. The you know the Mavs are looking around saying, all right, somebody create offense for us. And Dinwiddie's just going to pull up and hit a three and stop the Jazz momentum. And it, they just all felt really big. And it's just been so good to have somebody like that, especially somebody that's six six, but somebody like that that can either stop the bleeding or can um, you know give the Mavs a, a jolt in the arm on offense when they need one. And somebody that's available to play. And somebody that's like, oh, when Brunson goes down or it's like yeah. the moment that you see that Brunson's not going to play in this game, you're not saying, well, well, crap. Well, now Trey like, Burke better get ready. I was going <laughs> to say. He didn't have to play any, like Trey didn't play any minutes in this game. It's Trey Burke time, baby. And, but no, it's like they have this other option in Dinwiddie. And that's why it's, I mean, yeah, we're going to go down the whole thing again about adding that third guy and, you know, them two together. I love seeing them, you know, them two play off each other. Uh, Dinwiddie and Luca, Dinwiddie and Brunson too. We saw over the weekend that Kings yeah. game we talked about is that we've now seen Dinwiddie and Brunson play really well together, and Dinwiddie and Luca play really well together. And obviously, we've seen Luca and Brunson play well together this year. Like those three guys being able to mesh in all those different configurations has been awesome. Yeah, so I mean, you said it. He went five or nine from three tonight. Um, you know, that's a little fifty percent for uh, him from three, and he's forty-one percent from three uh, since he joined the Mavs, which crazy. is crazy. Just to Look at his shooting numbers. I mean, you just look at his his points since you know since playing for the Mavs. Um, you know he's been he suited up for the Mavs for eight games. They're seven and one since Dinwiddie started playing for the Mavs. Like, is that a coincidence? I don't think so. Um, but seven and one since Dinwiddie started playing in those eight games, he scored over twenty points in four of those games. He scored double digits in six of those eight games. Like, this is really good stretch of basketball for Dinwiddie with wins against the Heat. The Jazz, the Warriors, the Lakers, and the Warriors again. And almost the Jazz. The Jazz loss was only by five last time they played. I mean, those are those are some That's the big... only loss they've had since he's been on the team. Was right. That... Was that was that Jazz loss by five points at the end there? Um, yeah. but yeah, wins against the, the Heat, the Warriors twice, the you know, the Jazz, and then the the Lakers. Yeah. Big time basketball for him. I'm big excited time. for him, man. And Lucas seems like he really likes him too. And uh, it's just it's so it's so odd seeing another perimeter player with Luca being able to get like get a bucket. It's like we're not. And can we be honest for a second? And this ain't going to be popular with uh, Slovenia fans, but um, like he's better than what Dragic would have been. And yeah, that's true. I, and it, and like we we wanted Dragic on this team. Dragic, I'm sure, like I would love him on this team, even you know with Dinwiddie, but like. The whole okay, Dragic Dragic would have played this role. Like he would have been fine, but I don't think he would have been what Dinwiddie's giving the maps right now. And I don't think we thought Dinwiddie was gonna be when he's bringing the no. maps right now, but it's been incredible. Dorian, we gotta talk about him. 21 points, five, five boards, four of them on the offensive rebound because Dorian Finney Smith is a great offensive rebounder. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh Two assists, a steal, and yeah, he's making that he's making that push for an all defensive team. He's just been incredible, and he hounded I, Mitchell tonight. Him and Reggie Bullock, I thought, worked their asses off in this game. They worked yeah. so hard, just going around screens. There's obviously the Gobert screens, but there's all the off ball stuff that happens too, where it's like Bojan will set a screen, or you know somebody else like Rudy Gay will set a screen, or some of the one of the other guys, you know O'Neal will set an off ball screen, and you just have to try and cat you know, like run around these screens and fight over them or slip under them real fast. And Reggie Bullock was like. He just looked gassed in the fourth quarter because he was trying so hard to play defense. And this whole team is trying hard on defense, which is uh, incredible for this team. 
Yeah, I thought Josh Green played good defense on Mike Conley. Uh, there are multiple possessions that kind of made a little mental nose like, oh, that's good defense. And Conley was really one of what, one of seven. Didn't he didn't do anything in this game, role. Yeah. So, I mean, we can brag. I mean, Maxi, one of my favorite things that ever happens is this ongoing thing to where a wing player or a backcourt player gets the switch on Maxi and they like back up. And it's like, oh, I got the mismatch, you yeah. know? And it's like, oh, you don't even know. You don't even know this is not a mismatch for you. And like Jordan Clarkson did that late in the game. He got a bullcrap foul on Maxi. It wasn't even a foul, but he got the call anyway. But it's Maxi being able to switch, keep, you know, stay in front of players, be quick in his feet. Uh, yeah. Fun defense. I mean, what, what did Utah finish tonight? How many points? Oh, they had 100. 103. But still, they barely cracked that 103 mark. Barely cracked 100 points, which which is big. This this Utah team is the number one defense, the number one offense in the NBA. To hold that team to 103 is big. I don't care if it's on the second night of a back to back, and you know how many games they've played in the last couple of days or so. Uh, that's big for the Mavs to hold them to that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and and they shot 38 percent from three. The Jazz did, so it wasn't like they yeah. just had really good three point luck. It, it was the Mavs actually playing really good defense. And the Mavericks were missing their second best player in Jalen Brunson. So yeah. I know the whole excuse for Utah side. It's like, all right, well, we were missing like, you know, just our second best player. But um, couple couple of random things, and then we'll, uh, yeah, couple <laughs> couple of random things. Luca passed Jay Vincent for top ten in scoring in Mavs all time history. In the words of Jason Kidd, already <laughs> he did already passed him. That is a that is in- incredible for Luca. That he has already passed. Or, I don't know, keep going. <laughs> the other thing is that Luca's signature shoe is coming out in June. Isaac, thoughts on Luca's signature shoe? Yeah, super excited about this. Um, you know, I think Sneaker News uh, tweeted out a few things that they had heard uh, news-wise. Uh, Jordan Brandt had their official announcement uh, on Monday uh, about it and yeah late june we'll get that first one we'll get some different colorways i'm excited for it i don't i haven't heard anything about the details of what kind of shoe it's going to be um uh eddie sefko asked luca after the game he's like will it be a defense first shoe and luca said no so we do know we do know that information about that shoe. <laughs> thank you for that that information yeah, thanks for that clarification I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a limb. He man, he has been wearing the crap out of that zoom separate, and you know it's more of a lo- lower top uh, type of shoe. Uh, I would go on a limb and say it's it's more something along that route. But I honestly have no clue. I I'm really excited for it. Obviously, um, I you know I've got his uh, his shoes so far, some of his PEs. So I'll definitely try to get some of those ones at some. I'm really curious to see what the fan like reaction will be for it how you know the sellout stuff i mean we saw you know with some of the cosmics we saw it with his latest pe uh just kind of the fan yeah i mean a lot of them sold out and just trying to get their hands on them and stuff so it, it feels like it's going to be you know a popular shoe i mean he's accomplished more if you just want to do the whole zion thing we've did it before but like you know zion was guaranteed that signature shoe and it's like cool we've seen him for like 12 minutes and luca's actually accomplished stuff now so we'll see what uh We'll see what those sales look like. And maybe I'm, kind of, I'm, I'm bummed at actually, actually, no, they'll come out at the end of June. I wonder if when Luca debut, debut them though. Mm. He comes out for a summer league run or something. <laughs> no, he could debut him earlier. <laughs> I mean, I mean, game one finals. Oh, he, he debuts them before they're even up for sale. 
Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. We've seen players do that, so. Uh, by the way, Reggie Bullock just tweeted, sleeping on that guy in Dallas when uh, Bleach Report tweeted out a who's the MVP graphic with Giannis, Embiid, and Jokic on it. Bullock Ooh. said, sleeping on that guy in Dallas. Love hashtag, hashtag Huka Doncic. Did he really? No, he didn't. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I mean, I, I like, I, I don't want to. Obviously, I want to you know, lead this Luka campaign, but what what Jokic is doing right now is unbelievable. And the only thing with Jokic though is like, I mean, is this guy going to win it? Being six in the in the West, like we're going to have one of those situations again. Like if, yeah. We'll have the MVP comp. We have we have days to talk about it. We got days to talk about it, but yeah, for now. If Dallas finishes third and Denver is sixth, I'm gonna we'll lead that charge because that's that's enough difference in the standings. And let's just do the standings real quick. The Mavs are real close right there. All of a sudden, uh, the Mavs are only what two two and a half game? No, just two just three games out of third, three and a half games out of second. That is not insurmountable, that difference right there, because the, the Grizzlies lost to the Rockets, the Warriors lost to the Nuggets, the Jazz obviously lost to the Mavs, and the Mavs have won their last couple of games here. And so if this trend continues here, then all of a sudden, this Mavs team could find themselves in second place in a couple of weeks. I don't I don't even know if I want that. <laughs> Are we sure we want that? Do you want the pressure? Do you want the pressure? Do you want... That's the Lakers that's, in the first. I mean, I know the Lakers suck, but it's like, do you do you want that chance at LeBron and AD in the first round? Do you want the Clippers in the I first think round? It, well, it'd be the Timberwolves or the Clippers, right? The Lakers. Right. The Lakers are five games back from the Clippers right now for eighth. So I, I don't think they're catching. Them. I just don't want Denver. That's all. That's all I don't want. Like just anybody else except for Denver. Well, if you're two, then you you skip Denver and you get either Minnesota or the Clippers. Again, the Clippers again. Oh my god. <laughs> that's a good place to end it. The maps may get the give Clippers us Utah, again. Utah guys, give us Utah. I want Utah. Well, that's what they have right now. They just have to get home court advantage against them because I don't know if any of you guys have ever seen a playoff game in Utah, but they are they are special. They might like Luca. Uh, he's doing well. My son's doing well. <laughs> there you go. Guys, we will be back tomorrow with more on Locked on Mavs. Thanks for making it your first listen. Now make your second listen, Locked on NBA. Go check out all the best stuff from uh, covering every single game. I will be on there on Thursday. And, go listen uh, to Peter. Go listen to, Pe- go listen to Peter Bukowski on uh, Locked on Today. I was on Locked on Today as well. That covers all the sports in across all of all of the sports that we cover on Lockdown and as all the local experts on there go check out Lockdown today and Lockdown NBA guys thanks for watching listening to Lockdown Mavs go boom